right, Nick. Uh, we do this show every single game. There is There are some games that are more fun than others, and then there's tonight. Uh, tonight is probably uh, a little bit of a coming to Jesus meeting that we're going to have between our faithful. Uh, we're going to talk, obviously, about the game a little bit. I think that there's rational people that can be very frustrated right now, and I think that we have a fair and honest conversation. I know, Nick, that you're more of the guy that is very rational. You try to take things as they are. Maybe I get a little too animated, too overpassionate at times. I'm trying to rein it in, per se. I'm trying to make sure that I don't panic. I'm trying to make sure that everything's going to be A-OK, Nick. However, however, I will point out, don't tell me to calm down and act like everything's perfectly fine. Because if that's the case, then I suggest maybe, maybe, maybe we're probably not the same types of people. And that's okay. More than one person can, can exist in this world. But the Reds lose three to nothing. And the most key ingredient there is nothing, Nick. Nothing, nothing, zero again. Your, um, I don't want to say your thoughts because obviously I don't want to put you in a bad spot here. But just, uh, I guess... How are you feeling? Maybe before we get into that box score recap, that's going to be so riveting, I'm sure. Well, Trace, uh, back in uh, lovely Cincinnati, drove down today, got to see my pops today. So you know what? Hey, it's a good day. The Reds stunk it up, but uh, there's always tomorrow. Burn there the tape. There is tomorrow. There is tomorrow. Um, I'm not sure how we do this. The box score recap is is is. is um, I mean, what do you want to? What is there to talk about? The Reds absolutely stunk it up. They stink. They stink. And you know what? I'm going to let you tell everybody about it because there's a couple of guys that weren't terrible. But outside of that, let me tell you, outside of the people he's about to talk about and Duarte, by the way, I want to give Duarte a shout out. Uh, they've been all pretty garbage. So go ahead and let the people know, Nick. Yeah, not a whole lot going on. Andrew Abbott gave up a solo home run to Christian Yelich on the very first pitch of the game just 358 feet into the first row in left field. Abbott gave up another solo home run to William Contreras in the fourth inning, but that was it. That was all he allowed over six really strong innings, six innings pitched, three hits, two runs, two walks, three strikeouts, the two home runs. Uh, Buck Farmer, he gave up a solo home run to Owen Miller in the seventh, but really none of that mattered. Uh, Reds have gone 27 innings without allowing a run. They've only mustered three hits in the first two games of the second half. They fall 3-0, now one back of the Brewers after three straight losses. Yeah, and listen, two nights in a row. I'm going to bring Nick in here just so he has to see this. You know, why not? Nick, two nights in a row, we have a sponsor for the deep, deep fly of the game. And let me tell you something, two nights in a row, we ain't got one. So shout out to Deep South, Deep South commodities however we don't have a deep fly so there's that i would like to think that we could get some deep flies so we could at least do the ad reads but thanks to john our friends at deep south commodities all right let's get into this show let's 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 get into this um i know you're let me help you out here since you're on the road there we go all right um I, I understand where people are coming from and telling me, listen, I'm not, I'm not full-blown pull-the-fire-alarm panic mode, okay? I'm not that. I, and it's, it's more or less when it comes to the, 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 the lack of offensive production, it's my frustration in two things. One is how bad it's actually been. It's one thing, Nick, to, to have some bad luck go your way. You hit four or five balls hard all game. You get the bases loaded a few times, and for whatever reason, you just can't quite get them in. That's not been the case. 
it's been straight up, you've gotten shoved on, shoved on, shoved on, and you can sit here and tell me, oh, it's great pitching, and I've seen people complain about umpiring, and you know what? Sometimes I get it. I understand that certain pitches during a game mean more than others, but from an overall 30,000 feet view above of this thing, the absolute biggest thing that you can take away is that the at-bats that the Cincinnati Reds have traditionally done throughout the rest of the, the course of this year have been absent the past three games. And what, I've, what I mean by it is just grinding out at bats, finding a way to get on base, and, and they've just not done that. And yes, you could tell me that, that, that two of them have, have, uh, have come against a great arm, uh, a Cy Young Award winner, and I would agree. Yeah, that's fine. But tonight, what's the excuse? What's the excuse tonight is my question. Yeah, I mean, only three hard-hit balls tonight, so they're really, you know, was uh, absolutely nothing going um, offensively um, outside of Will Benson. Hey, Will Benson had good at bats. That was literally it. He had two walks. Um, I think two of the, two of the three base runners. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think that there hasn't been as, as patient of at bats. Um, and, and Trace, I think when you when you win twelve games in a row, there's a lot of factors as to why you win twelve games in a row. You, you're hot at the right time. You have some good fortune. Ricky Carter game. You know, there was just so many different little things that went right to win 12 games in a row. When you get three hits over two games, you lose three in a row to the Brewers. There's a lot of factors that as to why that happens. Um, I, I think there was some some poor at-bats. Um, I think there were some guys that are just uh, kind of all slumping at the same time. I mean, I think Spencer Steers over his last 21. That's yes. not been the player we, 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 we saw all year. I think you can also throw in the umpire. It's not an excuse. It's not the reason they lost. They lost 3 nothing. But the umpire didn't help them. You know, when things are going south and you're getting – Spencer Steer is struggling as much as he is, and he's getting a strike called three feet outside, that, that doesn't help it. And so I think it's just a lot of factors that have all kind of uh, um, um, culminated into this. And, uh, you know, you got to try to stop the skid tomorrow. It, it's about limiting losing streaks. That That's the, the name of the game, in my opinion, the rest of this year. And, and that will probably be uh, – what determines where the Reds end up at the end of the year? Are they able to limit these losing streaks? Are they able to, to limit these skids? Um, because you're going to have really just ugly, disgusting baseball games like like the last two nights. I I, 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 I hear everybody, and I also understand people are going to logically say that when you win 12 games, you're due for something bad happening, and that's a fair point. However, I'm, I don't also don't want to hear this logic of, um, okay, here's where I'm at. If we're going to sit around and act like the clubhouse energy and the team leadership and all these things are the reason as to why you can't move guys or you don't want to touch guys, then then I'd like to point out that these are the times where you need those guys to step up, okay? And I'm not trying to kill Jonathan India, per se. I'm not trying to crush him. But if, if you're a leader and you're a guy that, 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 that you can't have the type of month that he's had when, you're, when you are the bona fide guy or you're supposed to be the bona fide guy, it, can't, it just can't happen especially during a time right now where, call it what you want, but it's a little bit of nut-cutting time. I know that's a term that we've used, and it's a little bit of a joke. But here's where the frustration for me mounts. Everyone could say, oh, it's only three games. Oh, it's only four games. It's only, it's only five games. It's a week. It's 162 games. Nick, there's a two-team race, in my opinion, for this division. There's two teams. One of them is Milwaukee. One of them is us. We had a chance, and I know it's not a likely chance, don't kill me, chat, and don't kill me on the podcast. People are going to tweet, oh, yeah, that's unrealistic to expect. But you had a chance going into tonight. 
after tonight's game, sitting here right now, seven games up, seven games up in the division. Seven. And you find yourself down one. So you can sit here and say, well, these games aren't a big deal. You know, or, or not, that, not that anyone's saying they're not a big deal, but you, can sit, you, you can't convince me that these games don't mean more than you know, some random series against the Mets halfway you know, the rest of the year. They, they just, they're not. You can convince yourself if you want to make yourself feel better. You know, you know how people that have issues in life, they always want to tell themselves, oh, it's okay, Johnny. It's all right. Don't, don't worry about that. Oh, you, you were late for work? Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. The, the, the boss will understand. Okay, that, that's a loser's mentality. That is a straight-up loser's mentality. There's times that mean more than others. Your job interview is, a, is, is more important during that sliver of your life than what you're going to do on the next Friday night with your buddies. It just is. So you can say whatever you want, but these games against the Brewers in this little stretch was more important than any time throughout the rest of the year. And when you, need your, when you need your leaders to step up, my question is, where are they? Where are they? So the next time I hear someone tell me that we can't possibly trade somebody because X player is a big clubhouse guy or X player, is, is, he means too much to the team, I would just simply say, where are they when it matters? Because right now, I don't see any quote-unquote huge clubhouse guys or quote-unquote huge leaders. Now, I'm not suggesting that we should go off on the deep end, Nick, and jump off and say, oh, the season's over. I've seen people in the chat tell me that the season's over and, and all this. It's not over. I'm not that guy. I'm not sounding off the alarm, Nick. But what I am going to say is that you cannot convince me after the fact that there's nobody on this team that can be moved or they're huge, 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 huge pieces down the road. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it because we've not got Jose Barrero, look it up, has had a better month than your boy Jonathan India. Look it up. Kill me if you want, but that's a fact. The last month that Jose Barrero was in this league, Major League Baseball, his month, his last month was better than Jonathan India's. That's just straight facts. Anyways, I'm waiting for somebody to step up. Like when a guy's on second base with two outs, Find a way to get a hit. I know that's easy to say, but don't come at me with the fact that we got huge leaders on this team. We've had huge leaders on this team that have come up and they've been rookies. And it's time for some of those veterans, Nick, to pick the rookies up when they're struggling. Somebody step up and help out Spencer Steer. Somebody step up and help out Matt McClain. Somebody step up and help one of these guys that we knew were probably going to regress. But nobody stepped up. A bunch of goose eggs so far. And again, it's only been a week. I get it. But I point back to the fact that you could be seven games up in the division and you're one game down. I know that's hard to come back from that, Nick. I don't know what to say. I'm a little pissed off. And I'm also a little realistic in thinking the season's not over. It's not over. But, but damn it, I don't want to hear one person tell me that these games mean just as much as the next. Because they don't. It, it probably also should be pointed out the Reds are technically more like a game and a half behind the Brewers right now because the Reds, I don't know if they can't win the tiebreaker, but they're they're pretty much assured. What are they two and seven now against the Brewers? So I don't I don't know. You have to. The, the, there's no tiebreaker games anymore if you end the season tied. So the head to heads the so it's essentially the Reds are are a game and a half behind them. So they would have to finish ahead of them. 
Tide would do nothing for the Reds. So that should be pointed out. Um, I I do not think it's time to hit the full panic button. Um, I'm not there. I I do think your point, though, about um, players maybe being a little bit more expendable and and the the vibes and all that, I think that that, that's probably fair. And, I mean, look, I'll just say it. I mean, look, there's a a pretty – you know, interesting move you could make, and that would be, you know, you could platoon Jonathan India and call up CES. I mean, that's that's the what other move are you going to make other than that? I mean, that's the only move that I can think of. I, but that's I, I, a, that, I, is yeah. that. But is that a? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know if that's the right move. I, I, but that's really the that's the only thing I could think that you could really do right now if you're trying to spark the offense or anything like that. That's really the only move out there. Unless I'm missing yeah. something. Uh, we got a couple super chats. I want to point them out really quickly. Uh, Yo boy, Pop-Tart. <laughs> nice, nice, nice handle there. I mean, I don't know how that one was even available. Uh, how do y'all feel about the new spot India is in the lineup? Do you think it was the Reds, Bats, or Brewers pitching that caused these shutouts? I think I answered a lot of that. Uh, um, both. Listen, yeah, it's a little bit of both, which is a bad answer. It's a political answer, but that's the one. That's how I feel. Uh, Trace is going off right now. I love it. Uh, little truck trucking. I, uh, I'm, listen, I'm not trying to be that. Listen, I'm not trying to be like a personality when it comes to these things. I'm just being myself. I'm just saying how I feel. I, and it, it's at the same time, uh, let's jump down in the thing. I know it's hard for us to do this and maybe in real time, forget the graphics of the night. Cause you're not in your thing. And I'm, it's hard for me to, uh, to figure out exactly where we're going, but let's jump down to, uh, to the block players. Let me see if that works. Yep. Blocked players, because you brought up a great point. This whole situation with CES, right? And I put out a tweet earlier this morning that was a little bit of a poll, just challenging people on what would they do if you want to bring up CES. This CES thing is a little more complicated than everyone on Twitter wants to make it out to be. This isn't just bring CES, stick them in the lineup, and there's multiple points I want to make here. But that's going to take away everyday opportunities from somebody because you don't bring CES up and as a young player and he, and he does some kind of you know platoon or he's going to get, you know, two starts a week. That's not what you do with a young player. You bring him up like Matt McClain, like Ellie, like um, all these guys that, that we brought up. Steer, obviously, but he started the year off with us. It, you bring him up and they play. That's how it works. If you bring CES up and you get rid of Casale, what does that accomplish? Because let's go through it against a right-handed pitcher, right? Because against oh, a, a left, left-handed pitcher, excuse me. Go ahead, Nick. Well, let me add, Reds don't face a left-handed pitcher in the next two series. So, platoon, calling him up and, and platooning him does nothing. You have to take someone out of the right-handed lineup. I wanted to add that before you continue. Yeah, and he's not going to platoon anyways, is my point, Nick. Like, if he comes up, he should be expected. I agree, I agree. He should, yeah, and I know you've said that from time to time. He should play a lot. So, if he comes up, let's play the math out. You have to sit somebody in the outfield. Are you going to sit Will Benson right now? The answer is no. And if you do sit Will Benson, you're an idiot. Uh, TJ Friedel, are you going to sit him? Probably not because he's your best center fielder. Most important position on, on uh, in the outfield. Let's go to right field. You can make the argument that Jake Fraley's struggling, but Jake Fraley's had a pretty good year. It's not like you're going to sit Jake Fraley. Let's be frank here. We're not going to like play this, oh, because a guy struggled for one week that, now that you sit him. So take that out of the equation. I think that's fair, Nick, right? None of those guys are going to sit because you bring CES up, correct? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so then you have to ask, where does Spencer Steer go? I know Spencer's struggling. I get it, but... You, you can't just say that he's not going to play anymore. So, Steer has to go somewhere. Joey Votto's there. 
you're going to tell me that he's going to DH, but he's going to have to DH and he's going to have to take a bats away from Joey Votto, Steer. I mean, there, there's not room for him. There's not room for him. Okay, there's just not. There is room if you move some people. We've talked about it on this show at length, and we're not going to get into that now because I don't want to do that. But I just want to point out, Nick, that it's not just this simple thing to say, oh, bring CES up. I do want to remind everyone, I'm a big CES stan. I love CES, Nick. But it's also not fair to CES to be the savior that's going to come up here and help rectify a struggling offense and or, you know, be the difference maker. Do I think he's the best hitter in our organization? I think you can make a case for it, Nick. So I do love CES. But I'm not expecting him to come up and have like a Matt McLean start or an Ellie start, which Ellie's obviously struggled a little bit here of late. But my point stands. Nick, it's not fair to ask CES to come up and be the savior. And on top of that, who are you going to take a bats away from? It's not like you can cut Casale and fix the problem. Well, let's talk, let's talk through this. Let, let's say I, I see everyone in the chat, Ben Chendia. You know, you call up CES and you have him take at bats from Jonathan and you move guys around. You could make that work. How much pressure are you putting on CES? You're coming up and you're benching Jonathan India, the guy that was probably had the most jersey sales coming into the year. Yeah, but that's other changed. than other than no. But I'm just saying, like, right. that's a lot of pressure. It's not going to be a popular move with a lot of people. It's not going to probably be a popular move in the clubhouse. That would be like the first real move I think this season that would really send, send some real shockwaves. Um, so I don't. It, it's. It's a tough. It's just a tough situation with where the Reds are. I put block players into this uh, rundown for a totally, totally different reason, which awesome. was funny, and it kind of it worked its way into the the show tonight. Um, I, I I put it in more, and we don't have to even get into it now because of of, of how the night went. I put more into it, but I keep seeing everyone saying Edwin Arroyo's blocked and chase petty's blocked behind guys and i wanted to talk more about how i think that in itself is kind of ludicrous because i'm not worried about who's blocked in 2025 and 2026 that was actually why i put this into the rundown but it, uh, it 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 did work its way i was just saying who's really blocked other than ces right now no one else is blocked no but 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 you know if 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 if, if you know what i'll put my neck out there i'll say how i feel about it if it was up to me if it was up to me i don't give a rat's ass about anybody's feelings that's how I roll. You know what? If you're not a professional enough of an athlete to come into the clubhouse every day and play your position and do the best you possibly can, I could give a rat's tail how you feel, okay? Yeah, would I like everything to be cozy? Would I like everybody to get along? Would I like everyone to go out to the bowling alleys after and start bowling together and, and ham it up? Yeah, maybe so. But I could care less. I could care less. And you know what I would do? I'd tell Jonathan India, we're going to have to figure something out, brother. We're going to have to figure something out. Because I, ha- I can't have a guy hitting a buck 25 and just sit here and act like everything's perfectly fine. I'm going to hit you in the three-hole for the next month when you're hitting like 195. Now, again, these stats aren't looking up. I could go look them up. But my main point is I have I have maybe the organization's best hitter, okay, in AAA right now, and he's getting blocked by a below-average second baseman defensively. The metrics prove that, okay? Yeah, he might make a good play here and there. That's cool. I could give a rat's tail. But... If India's going to hit like that, then, you know, I trade him for a bag of sunflower seeds and I move on. I'm ready to go. Now, I know people think that that's over, overzealous. I've been thinking that for a long time. This isn't some overreactionary thing by Trace. I've been thinking that for a very long time. Yeah, I get he's a fan favorite, but I don't care about that. I care about production. 
Because you can say whatever you want to me, Nick, about how big of a clubhouse guy he is. Okay, yeah, he was a big clubhouse guy for some 90-loss teams, for some 100-loss teams. Big clubhouse guy. Love it. That's great. I'm glad he was a little bit of a shining light during some really bad times. But like I said before, just because they're the prettiest girl at the trailer park doesn't mean they're the prettiest girl in the world. You can move on once you find greener pastures. And my main point is that Matt McClain can play second base at a gold glove level. Ellie De La Cruz can shift right over to shortstop. We keep it on moving. And you could kill me if you want, but I'm ready for the future regardless. And guess what? If Jonathan India, I'm going to lay it out there for everybody. If Jonathan India is not the future of this franchise in two to three years, then if he's not going to produce and he's going to be a below average player, then I'm not... That he's got no place for me. Don't care. Don't care. Now, I know I maybe I'm overreacting. I hope Jonathan India proves me wrong. That's usually what happens on this show. I hope he gets hotter than a firecracker. I hope he gets hotter than a firecracker, and then the Reds trade him at the deadline. I mean, that's how I feel. It's just it, it's a tough spot. I mean, I, I think if the situation's almost easier, if India was producing... And you needed to make a move to get CES up because I think you could trade him right now. Kind of hard to trade the guy right now, right? I mean, yeah. it's almost like it's it's it, it's almost like it's made the problem more challenging, in my opinion. Because if you trade him, he, he's he's gone. He's he's out. CES comes up, and, and I don't think like <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah 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 whoa, whoa but he's not. Again, CES comes up. CES comes up and goes 0 for 20. And then you got Curb Herb Street jumping online. You bunch of idiots running this franchise. Like you're putting a lot more pressure. That's more what I was getting at. Where if you trade him, hey, it's 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 done, it's over. But if he's sitting on the bench and CES comes up and struggles, it's it really what happens, is, let is me a ask you this. Situation. Let me ask you this, because I've been saying this to I, I've been you could go back and look it up. You could call me you can call me toxic and that I overreact and all that. I said straight to your face, Nick, straight to your face. I said, What happens when the Reds realize they're just gonna bring up Matt McClain after he's proven he's probably one of the best players in this organization out of spring training? What happens when they bring CES up? They bring Ellie up. What happens at the end of the year if it looks like this? Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe the first three or four weeks when this team was absolutely garbage and nobody thought they were going to be worth a damn. What happens at the end of the year if we lose by a game? How are you going to feel? Do you remember me asking me that? Do you remember me saying, what if this team doesn't make the playoffs by one game and the reason was because we realized that all of these guys in spring training that look like they belonged actually do belong. And next thing you know, you you, you it's too late. Now, again... I'm okay with not trading the farm this year. I'm not. I, I, I'm. 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 I'm okay with winning next year. I am okay with that. But I'm not going to sit around and let a guy block one of the best hitters in this organization when they don't produce, and they're not going to be. A, they're not going to be a part of the future. They're. They're, they're not. You, you can say whatever you want. I cannot be convinced. I cannot be convinced that Jonathan India is the future second baseman of this franchise in three years. I can't be convinced he's a starting second baseman. In... 
April 2024. So, so, so here's my final point with this. And I get people like, oh, Trace hates Jonathan India. Trace hates, I don't hate Jonathan India. What I do want to say is this, simply. Okay, hear me out when I say this. This, is, this, is, comes from a, this comes from a place of just realism and deep thought. I've thought about this a lot. This isn't just Trace going off the rails. It is Trace going off the rails. But this isn't Trace just going off the rails because I've watched this over the last two games. This is Trace getting frustrated because the Reds are going to they're gonna hide behind basically this concept that this guy's a leader, clubhouse guy, all this. But this year, more or less for me, was to figure out what we have. Figure out what we need to go get. Figure out how things look in the future. Okay? Jonathan India, this is what the stats say, and this is what your eyeballs will tell you if you watch long enough, is a below-average defensive second baseman. Okay? We have a guy, I don't know if you've been watching, yes, he plays unbelievable shortstop, and maybe maybe you could argue that's why you, know, that's why you shouldn't move him because he's so great there. But he's played a couple games at second base. His name's Matt McClain. He wears number nine. He's unbelievably defensively. He's made unbelievable plays over there already at second base. You put him at second base because that's a position he's comfortable with. You move Ellie because he is elite defensively, yeah, he made an air night. I don't care. This isn't, this isn't like, oh, you look at one, one small sample size. You move him a shortstop because that is a guy. Let me tell you something right now. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but if Matt McClain and Ellie De La Cruz don't pan out, your team's going to suck anyways, okay? Your team's going to suck anyways. So you could sit here and say, well, what if these guys don't pan out? Well, if they don't pan out, we suck, okay? Point blank. So let's move on. So if Jonathan India isn't going to be able to play second base, he has to move to left field. And if he moves to left field, Nick, he's a below average, he's a below average corner outfielder. Period. In this league. Below average corner outfielder of, across all of the metrics you want to use. You could say even his rookie year through now, his career OPS plus, okay, in in the corner outfield spots is going to be below average. And oh, by the way, defensively, he's never played the corner outfield. So that's kind of a hard argument to make is that you could just move him to the outfield. But if that's an answer, go ahead. Be my guest. But my main point is he said out loud with his own mouth that he's a second baseman. And if he's a second baseman, do you think, do you think for one millisecond that the Cincinnati Reds front office and Jonathan India are going to agree on terms to extend Jonathan India at second base with what they have coming up in the pipeline? The answer is no, they are not. So I laid it out as clear as I could. He's not a part of the future unless Jonathan India changes his mind. And Jonathan India is not going to change his mind because he can somewhat, and I say somewhat, I would say he could play second base. He can play second base. He's just not going to be able to play second base when he's got guys behind him that can play it better than he can. So at the end of the day, he doesn't have a space at second base in this franchise. Like it or not, say whatever you want. He just doesn't have it. That's the cold, hard truth. Doesn't mean I don't like Jonathan India. That's just the facts. So my main point about all this, Nick, is that I will grow frustrated as the season goes on if Jonathan India is not going to produce. Because if he's not going to produce, then he's wasting my time. Because he's not a part of the future. I don't need to see what I have in him. And that's where we're at. I don't agree just rushing into to, to trading guys because it makes things more convenient in the short term. I think that's exactly why we're, at least I'm against, trying to, to blow things up for starting pitching right now. I think India's in the same boat. Um, I, I don't want to see the Reds making short-term moves 
very often. I, I think every move, or just about every move they make, should be focused on you know the long term strength of the organization. And if you think that you can you know get something more for for India by um, holding on a little bit longer, I think you hold on to them for that fact. But okay, I, I, I and I'm not disagreeing with that. But if we don't trade him at the deadline, then you then then then, then we have to trade him in the off season. There's, 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 what, 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 I mean, okay. The last, I want, you're about as rational of a fan as there is. You're somebody that thinks through a lot of stuff before they say it out loud, unlike your boy here. However, I just want to hear someone logically explain to me if you don't trade him, if you don't trade him, what's the path forward? What's the path forward? Move him to the outfield. I okay. Mean, that's and the... if you move him to the outfield, do you agree that metric wise, he is a below average hitting outfielder? Below average, I think he could probably be an average. Um, well, but, he, but, he, he, but, but again, go ahead, finish your point. I'm sorry. It, it, you're if you're trading him for nothing, though, like that that player still has value. I'm not saying that's a great player. I'm not saying let's throw a parade for 105 OPS plus left fielder Jonathan India. But I'm also not giving that guy away because that guy does still have some value. Could potentially be a platoon partner with Jake Fraley or or whoever else or or you could you know use that guy for something else I, I've been fully supporting trading Jonathan India I just think you probably missed your window and, and now you're just going to kind of be stuck with it for a while unless you convince uh, another general manager that it changes scenery and you know you could get something back but I just I don't see that right now at all do you think Jonathan India wants to sign with the Reds? Are we going to pay him what he uh, of what he expects arbitration wise? I mean, not not I not, even, not not. I would be thinking about extending Jonathan India. Okay. Um, so 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 then I guess the question is: Is yes or no? Is he is he blocking guys that you can make the case for right now should be in the big leagues that are that are uh, in team control for quite some time? CES, I'm kind of on the fence with because. Um, CES doesn't really provide a defensive value upgrade. If Noelvi Marte was ready, it's a totally different conversation, in my opinion, because you okay. can't let Jonathan Andy be blocking Noelvi Marte, but he can come up and he drastically improves your defense. CES, you're you're going to have to move other guys around probably. I don't think you're going to play CES at third base. You probably play Spencer, Spencer Steer at third base. Um, would, would Steer at third base, Elliot Short, Matt McLean be a defensive upgrade? Yes, but is it an upgrade of Marte? Ellie McLean, no, I don't think it's anywhere close to that level. So I think more. I think that the only player he's blocking is Marte, but I don't think Marte's even ready yet. Um, I think Marte's not. I don't think Marte's very far away. Don't get me wrong. I think Marte by uh, opening day twenty twenty four, you should be having a spot. You should be having third base open for him. Um, so it, it is a it is fast approaching. I don't necessarily think at this exact second it's a do or die situation if that makes sense no i mean listen i'm not suggesting that they're going to trade india tomorrow i am suggesting that at the deadline that they that they that they make a move and i and i and i i think that the value of what you find out behind the curtain is worth something bringing ces up I'm not saying tomorrow, but relatively soon is worth something. It has to be considered in the calculations of when you're making a trade. We're, we're not trading Jonathan India if there wasn't guys behind him that we thought were going to be 
relatively, their floor wasn't going to be relatively close to the production we've gotten out of the Jonathan India. We, we, wouldn't yeah, be, I, we wouldn't be doing that. So you have to calculate that into the trade. I agree. And I also think there's probably another factor in this that we probably haven't mentioned yet is I, I would imagine if the Reds front office was, was being honest, there's probably some concerns about can Joey Votto stay healthy? Um, because yeah. you, you make this move. A week later, Joey Votto, you know, he's 39 years old. Those, those players at that age get hurt much more frequently. And then, boom, there's a spot for CES just like that. So it, there, there's, a, there's so many moving parts to everything going on right now with the Reds. Almost, it, it's, I can't really remember a situation like this where every move you make, there's like, there's like five different cause and effects, right. it feels like. Um, and it makes it tricky. It, it's, it's not an easy situation to, to, to navigate. And I think anyone that says it's an easy situation to navigate, this is for sure what you do. I, I think that that's probably a little uh, overzealous, at least in my opinion. Yeah. And, and you know what? I don't, I know people think, oh, you know, like this is, uh, well, uh, we're calculating the season being over. I'm not calculating the season being over at all. What, what I'm suggesting is that I think that there's guys that can help us, and I'm wondering what spots right now are not helping us at all over an extended period of time, and one of them just happens to be the second baseman. And if that second baseman has value, I'd like to get some return on that value before the value is completely gone. The longer the Reds hold on to Jonathan India, I think, in my mind, the value for him goes down. Unless you got two teams bidding over him, maybe, but I don't know. I'd like to think that at the deadline, there might be somebody that's reaching that might just think that that might be able to fill their hole at second base that they need for a playoff run. Um, I don't think the offseason's one where most people will do it. Uh, most people, most, most of the time in the offseason, there's not as what I would call or what I would consider as maybe as lucrative trade opportunities. So, you know, I, I, again, to be clear, I'm not suggesting the season's over by any means. I'm not even all that overly concerned about this offense. I think that some of these guys will bounce back. And, you know, I, I just bring up that as much as you want to bring up the fact that he was a rookie of the year, and that's great. I think that he was a rookie of the year. Then you need to also bring up the last two seasons. So. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, let's jump into Abbott. I know we've been all over the place tonight. Or I've been all over the place. Let me correct. Let me, let me put that into the script. Um... This is another bright spot. Andrew Abbott threw the ball well. He got hit a little bit, but his home runs were solo, which makes things look a little bit better. Are you concerned that Abbott's given up as many home runs as he has, or where are you at with that? Now, the two two tonight weren't necessarily, like, smoked. I mean, the one to Yelich was first road, you know, a really difficult, really tough home run to allow. The second one was a little bit, you know, better struck. But it's a great American ballpark. You know, you're, you're going to um, – you're going to give up home runs, especially for young pitchers. Uh, guys like Johnny Cueto, they give a lot of home runs earlier in their career, and you know they kind of uh, they, they they work through it. But um, he didn't didn't allow a lot of base runners. It was a huge bounce back for him against a team that just crushed him uh, what six seven days ago. Um, so I thought that was good. And you know, for for all the talk about how dire the Reds' pitching is and how great the offense is, it's been the complete opposite in two games. The second half, that seems like it's always how it somehow pans out as soon as you 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 put all your worry into one thing and you put all your faith into another it it flips a little bit and that's part of a 162 get baseball game season is you know there's these these ebbs and flows um but yeah i mean ashcraft and uh and abbott i mean you can't ask for, for better than 
what they've given you. It's the Brewers. They're not a great offense, but nonetheless, you know, they did come out and um, both of those guys pitched very, very well. So uh, I, I, I guess my, my question back would be, are we still more concerned about the uh, the pitching in the office? Because I'm more concerned about the pitching for sure. But right. it, at least at least that that has, has been as good as it's been so far. I'm not concerned about any of it. I, and I know that sounds wild of what I've been saying. I'm really not concerned about any of it. And that's largely because of the expectations that I had coming into the year. You can call it a loser's mentality. And, you know, I, I could actually I could kind of see that point. But mostly this year, I wanted to see and I want answers on all of the things that we know for this team to win the World Series of, of who's going to be a part of that and who's not. And thankfully, Ellie and McLean and Steer, outside of this slump, have looked the part. They look like they are, they're going to be guys that we can rely on in the future. Um, Andrew Abbott's come up, and he's looked fantastic. I just, I'd like to have an opportunity to see CES play, and I, and I think that there's rational people that can make the case that it's been past due. The guy deserves to play in the major leagues. And for a team that traditionally, and we went on a hot streak, traditionally, they've lacked power. It'd be nice to have the biggest power bat in the franchise on the big league roster. But, again, I'm not going to sit here and, and suggest that season's over, pack it in, whatever. One game below, uh, one game out of the... Uh, out of first place, but to say there's no cause for concern would be would be a lie. It'd, it'd be a lie. Um, what were you going to say really quickly on the blocked players? I do want to hear your take on that. No, I, I just I, I've I've seen a lot of chatter about how well the Reds have so many you know short stops and, and they're blocked and. I, I don't think the Reds should be worried about players that let, – let's say you're looking at your um, your top prospects and you see anyone with an ETA of 2025. I do not think you should ever for one second worry about how many of those players are in your organization. Because how many times do these things change? Yeah. Perfect example, Jonathan India. 2021, everyone thought he was the cornerstone piece of this entire franchise. And now I think – almost every Reds fan is ready to ship him off tomorrow for a bag of balls. So, <laughs> I mean, I like, said these things I change. Said, like, I said bag, a bag of balls and seeds, Nick. Okay, I, sorry. I, I, not, not disrespecting seeds, okay? My apologies. But, again, my, my point is these things change rather quick. So, so this notion that, well, let's, we have some valuable prospects, but there's nowhere to play them, and their ETA is 2025. I do not think that's a good strategy at all. I don't like that mentality. The Reds need to keep these young, controllable players as long as they can. You can move some of them for the right moves, but moving them for rentals is a poor strategy. The only way the Reds can ever compete with teams like the Dodgers is by having a lot of these young players that they can constantly have um, come up. So, uh, Andrew... <laughs> Andrew points out the chat says my father-in-law just told me that Ellie is a flop and will be Sinzel 2.0 WTF is that true 
Oh, yeah, that's fun. That's funny, man. I, we're down I, bad. I, yeah, we're down bad. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think, let me be very clear when I say this. I think the Reds could bounce back win tomorrow and, and, and the world's not falling apart. Um, I'm just so sick and tired of hearing the one thing I've heard over and over again. And t- tonight was my spilling point. I can't tell you how often this franchise and their fan base, and I'm a part of it, overvalues players on our team. Perhaps that's what every franchise does. Perhaps that's what every single fan base does, is they see their guy and they think that their guy is something special. Now, let me tell you something. The guy that plays second base on our team, I'll look you right in the face when I say it. He's an average-ass player. (laughs) That's what he is. That's what he is. Cold-hearted. That's what he is. And that's the facts. If you don't like that, I'm sorry. I don't like it either. I wish the SOB was a franchise player, but I'm telling you the truth. And that's what my job is, I think. I'll tell you what my opinion is. If you don't like my opinion, by God, don't like it. But if you, if you, if you at least respect me, I'm going to tell you how I feel. It might not be the popular thing. It might not be what people think I should say, but that's just how I gut. That's my gut feel. And you know what? I seen a guy in spring training, Nick, that looked like he was above and shoulders the best hitter in this franchise for like three or four weeks. Do I need to remind everybody, Nick, that the guy hit like 500 during spring training and legitimately looked like the best hitter in our franchise? And you know what? He just might be. And then all of a sudden, he goes to AAA, tears the cover off the baseball, does everything you could humanly possibly do to get caught up to the big leagues. And we got a guy that... For, for the last month, has played worse than Jose Barrero played his last month in the big leagues. And you know what you said about Jose Barrero? I didn't forget what you said about Jose Barrero. So if you're going to have the same energy with Jose Barrero, have the same energy for your boy. That's all. I'm done. That's the last thing I'll say tonight. I promise. Uh, Reds MILB. Should we get into that? Hold on. Really good point by by Jared talking about the, the Brewers' upcoming schedule. I think this is worth noting. Uh, Brewers, after uh, the series is over, they have an off day, but then they go to Philly for three games, and then they have three games at home against the Braves. So they have a very tough week. So <laughs> Brewers come in, sweep the Reds, and then go one and five next week, and we're in a completely different spot next week. So I just think that was worth noting. Good point very by true. Jared in the chat. Thank you, Jared, for bringing that up. All right, let's get this Reds in my week because it was a lot better than uh, the, the show today. Thank Little God. Bats. Little Bats. They won 8-1. Connor Phillips. Really solid start. Four innings pitched. Uh, just allowed one run. Struck out five. Novi Marte, two for four with a double. Christian Encarnacion Strand, two for three. Two doubles. Two walks. I think uh, Red's friend Brandon tweeted out uh, from since some point. He has like 30 walks and 33 strikeouts. So that's really impressive how how much he's improved this year at AAA. And, and Jose Barrero. Guy deserves a lot of credit. Going down to AAA, he, he's really coming around. Uh, two for two, two doubles, stole two bases uh, tonight as well. And then Tony Santillan pitched a, uh, a solid inning of relief for the bats. Double H Chattanooga also, good night for them. They won 11-3. Julian Aguiar, this was his double-A debut. Just got promoted. It couldn't have gone any better. Five innings pitched, no runs, five strikeouts. Blake Dunn having a great year. He was three for five. And then Jose Torres, not having a great year, did hit a home run for the lookouts. Uh, Date, Dayton was rained out. Uh, they'll be playing a doubleheader tomorrow. The Tortugas were supposed to play a doubleheader. Second game got suspended in the second inning, but they did one, win game one 5 nothing. 
Um, Hector Rodriguez, one for four, stole the base. Acosta and Tanner both had hits as well. That's your Reds MILB presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Shout out to Betfred. Uh, we need some runs tomorrow, all right? And I have done a bad job this this show. I've done a poor job. Some pay p- piss poor. Uh, I would say that it was a. it's not as bad as the Reds offense, but it's been bad. And the reason for that is that I need likes. This team's never needed more likes in their life. All right? They've never needed more likes than right now. We got 54 likes in here. We need to get to 100. We got 200 in here right now at this very moment. We just need likes. I don't know what you got to do tonight before you go to bed. Say whatever you need to say. Figure it out because we got to find a way to get some runs. Okay? And I know that sounds obvious. I know that sounds like something that, you know, that, that, that the T-ball coach or the Little League coach tells you. But here's, here's the truth. The Reds are in a position that we never thought they would be in at this point in the year. You can be very optimistic and, and believe in that and love that and think, you know what, not a big deal. Not a big deal. None of this is a big deal. You can have that opinion. And you know what? It's also fair when there's sellout crowds, and we've been begging, Nick, we've been begging for this fan base, not only say to come back, but to be alive again, to be well. And that's what this Reds team has done. So just as there's people that are optimistic and realistic or whatever term you'd like to use, you also have to understand that this is professional sports, and there are people that engage in fandom, and they sell out Great American Ballpark, and they've done that. They've answered the bell. This franchise fan base has answered the bell. This franchise fan base was told god-awful things by their owner, and you know what? They've done nothing but sell out this ballpark since this team's been very competitive. And for that, I want to give our fan base their kudos. So you also could have, on the other side of the aisle, people that are incredibly frustrated right now, screaming and yelling and being pissed off, and that's okay too, in my opinion. Because you know what? You can't have it both ways. You can't say we need to get a fan base rallied up and then not be happy when they're mad. Because the truth is, as I said earlier in the show, this team has struggled mightily against a team that is not great. Are they good? Yes. But they're not great. The Brewers are not the Rays. They're not the Dodgers. They're not the Yankees. They're not, they're not any of those. We should not struggle against the Brewers as bad as we have. And you can say that is very frustrating, and I can agree with that, and we can all get along. And for that, I just want to say it's not falling apart, Nick, but I understand why people feel that way because we could be seven games up in the division and we're one game down. Is that a fair way to put it or not? Yeah, maybe it's fair. All right. I don't know if you would tell me if we, if, if, if we weren't. But who – got to get back on track, Nick. Let me let – me, let me, this is what's going to do it right here. You ready for this? Who, what, when – where and why, Nick? Well, tomorrow, Reds need a win. Uh, big game. Either you are tied for first place or you're two back uh, after tomorrow. So, Reds will be going up against Adrian Hauser, 3-2, and 3.6 ADRA. Hauser started 2023 on the IL, didn't make a season debut until May 7th. Pitched okay, but he got moved to the bullpen when Wade Miley returned. But he just recently got moved back to the rotation. Made two starts, and they were really good, uh, 2.45. ERA, uh, Hauser struggles a lot more against lefties, so maybe he could be a guy that some of the big left-handed bats of the Reds could wake up. 
Good news, Jake Fraley, Tyler Stevenson, and Joey Votto all have home runs against him. And Hauser has really struggled at Great American Ballpark, career 5.36 ERA in nine starts. Been lively for the Reds coming off that really fantastic start in the final game of the first half after 17 days off. Five and two-thirds innings pitch, only allowed one run, struck out five, just two walks. So Reds need a big start from Ben Lively to uh, uh, you know keep keep what's been going on from uh, Ashcraft and Abbott. Hopefully the Bats can uh, wake up tomorrow against uh, old Adrian Hauser. Yeah. And as always, this is the time of the show where I need to remind everybody that we are um, in a position now where you know, I was going to do something fun today. I was going to try to give people a chance to buy. I think we got 25 tickets left. I'm not, I'm not putting a sale out for 25 tickets when the Reds, they, we can't even, we've, we've got struck out like 44 times in the last three games. I can't do it. My, 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 my heart won't let me do it. So there's one more chance tomorrow. Maybe I'll give $10 off for every hit we get tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> I, we got to do something. We got to do something. Um, as far as special guests, uh, um, there's Mr. Juan asked for special guests on, uh, on Monday. Um, obviously Nick is number one special guest. He will be there. Um, I have to be there. So there's that. Um, Tom is going to be there. Uh, Brenneman obviously. And Mo Egger, I believe is going to be there. And I don't want to forget anybody. I think Bryce Balding's going to be there. We're going to have Tracy. Tracy Jones is going to be there. Um, so there'll, there'll be Paul? some people there. There'll be some people there. Yeah. Big League Paul, will, I'm sure he'll be there. Um, Casey, all the whole Chatterbox game will be there. So there's 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 some people there. Um, hopefully, you know, you could say hi to us if you're going. If you're not going uh, and you have any interest. They're still on the website now. Uh, it's the riverboat deck out there in center field, and we're going to see if we can't will this baseball team to a win on Monday if they don't get it done tomorrow. We need a win. We know we need a win, and by God, we're going to get a win. That's the positive vibe I'm going to leave for tonight. We will win tomorrow. By God, if we don't win tomorrow, we're going to win on Monday. I don't give a shit, and we're going to win this division. We're going to find a way to win the division. Don't get it twisted, Nick. We're going to win the division. All right? Believe it. That's where I'm at. I'll be there tomorrow. We'll Shane Neal. Go down Shane there. Neal on... Shane Neal tomorrow. Shane Neal tomorrow. You know what they say about Shay? He's 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 got a good track record of winning baseball games when he comes on this show. I think he's on a two-game win streak. He's hot. He's hot. He's hot. He's hot. All right. Thank you for watching this dumb show. All right. I'm not suggesting I'm always right, but I will always suggest I'll tell you how I feel. I love you. I still... I still admire Jonathan India. He's a major league baseball player. That is not to be twisted. I'm not here. I'm not here to say that I could be any better of a player, but if we're going to be fair, we're going to be honest. I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. That's how I feel about it. So shout out to Jonathan India. I hope he takes this and he shoves it right up my face hole and he, and he, and he absolutely goes out there and tears it up for the rest of the year. Nick, your final thought. We did have one super chat. I don't think we got to this one from uh, yes. send, send Nick. Sorry. We're, I'm out of my element, so I'm having a hard time seeing everything. I got much smaller screens, but good. Appreciate you, Sin Nick. CES and Votto should split first base DH. Tight Steve catches mm-hmm. four out of five times a week. Nothing else changes. What's so hard about that? Bell's too soft to sit India. Mm. Um, I, I think I'd sit, be sitting India before Votto right now. Yeah. If you were if you were going that right route. 
at least versus right-handed pitching. Um, do you think tomorrow? I know, I know you you make fun of me, Nick, when I do this, which I like. I like someone on here that makes fun of me. You make fun of me when I say David Bell should throw the throw the chairs around in the in the clubhouse and get them fired up. I'm not suggesting he does that, but by God, if he doesn't get thrown out of that game tomorrow and they have not scored a run by the fifth inning, I'm gonna lose my ever loving mind. Especially if the guys, especially if the guys missing pitches on your guys. Just I give you a problem. We're gonna put up a five spot in the first inning right. and ride it. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. All right. Love it. All right. Listen, folks. Uh, as always, we got a we got a podcast. We've really appreciated the reviews you guys left. That has been very very thoughtful and kind of you. Uh, go download it, rate it, review it if you haven't already. We'll be there informed tomorrow, and as we do after every game, it'll be there in there for your morning coffee or however you consume your day or get it started. And I uh, just want to say thank you for watching this incredibly dumb show. Our numbers are unbelievable. You guys are unbelievable. We're going to commiserate or we're going to celebrate. But no matter what we do, we're going to do it together. That's how we do this. Just want to say that I appreciate you. I love you. And as always, no matter what happens, we are fans of the Cincinnati Reds. And if you're a fan of the Cincinnati Reds, you're a pretty good bloke in my book, man. So from my heart to yours, let's score some runs tomorrow. For the love of God, can we score one run? Go Reds. See everybody.